everybody. It is 4 o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday, which means it is time for the Monster Maverick Show, where we talk about all things Splinterlands, and especially the investment side and yields and all that kind of stuff. Uh, today's going to be kind of a special episode, because... Uh, <laughs> Because, uh, like Foggy Bottom says here, uh, looking forward to that AMA summary since I missed it. So last week, we had a an AMA. It was aggroed as usual, but also Yabba was there. And um, <laughs> apparently, aggroed screwed up the, uh, the recording of Yabba's side of the conversation. So it came through very muffled or garbled or whatever. So... Um, Steve Dan says, thanks for having us. Uh, glad everybody's here. Uh, we got Krim, we got Flower, we got Foggy Bottom, we got Fox Coit, we got Yasik, Matt, Paco, Paul. Uh, who else we got? We got the Rondon, Steam Dan, worst DJ ever. Uh, yeah, so Agrid is the worst DJ ever. But uh, yeah, so one of the things I was going to do on today's show was to go over my notes of what, what uh, was said during that AMA. So a little bit of a recap for those people who missed the AMA. So that is, uh, you know, normally I go over those in kind of broad strokes, but uh, here we're going to go over into some detail. And that's going to be kind of unusual, uh, but it's going to tie in because, you know, the big thing this week is dice, Asbury dice is rolling out soon. And, you know, we're going to talk about all the different, uh, the math really uh, behind whether to buy or to wait or to try to get in some other way and buy on the secondary markets. So we're going to get into all of that. I mean, there are a bunch of other topics I also want to hit. Um, you know, there's, there's, I've seen personally, I've seen three different instances now of, of companies using Bitcoin as reserve currency. Uh, we've got uh, DEC on, on coin market cap, which is big news. Uh, we've got all the dice stuff. Um, some of the other things that were mentioned in the AMA that I wanted to hit on as far as NFT showroom, the SPT shop, and potential sinks, and how all that's going to work out. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know if we're going to get to all of that. Uh, we only have an hour, and you know I have a tendency to talk very fast, but you know I try to try to keep it under control. You know just mellow out you know i've been accused my entire life of of talking fast but uh and it's true but you know what are you gonna do so without further ado uh, a couple of housekeeping things you know that uh we have for those of you who are joining us in the discord audience uh whether you're there or whether you're watching on theta or three speak or mspwaves.com or i don't know even if, i don't even know if there's more uh streaming platforms than that but, <laughs> but um, you, can, you can register with the bot uh, as far as doing um, this command shows. And you can register reminders for yourself uh, by navigating this particular, um, this particular MSP Wave schedule bot. So uh, it only works once per, per instance. So uh, it's uh, not... So everybody, so you have to do it on your own time, basically. But it, once you have the role for for Monster Maverick, every time the show starts, you'll get a little a notification five minutes before, so you don't miss it in the future. So, if you want to do that, there is that. 
Uh, as always, you know, replays will be posted on YouTube and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So if you catch it there, that's cool too. Um, you know, you'll, the main thing is that, you know, when you're watching those replays, you don't get the, the, the live in-person back and forth, and you also might have trouble with the images that are posted in the chat. So, you know, I always make the post on Hive to, to include all those images, so hopefully that'll help sort that issue out. But, uh, without any other further ado, <laughs> let's, let's jump into it. So, um, like I said, I took notes during the AMA. Now, I did not plan for this to be like a, a recording of what was going to, <laughs> what the whole thing was. So I didn't take notes on every single thing that was said. I just took notes on things that I found interesting. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's start with... Uh, let's start with SPT. So SPT is the Splinterlands Talk token, or Splinter Talk token. And, you know, S uh, SplinterTalk.io migrated over to Hive last week and a week before. We're starting to get payouts on the Hive blockchain for those, and it's no longer entirely in Korean, which is, you know, nice, I think, because, you know, we have a more, we have a much wider player base than just that. So uh, at some point, they're going to be implementing a shop and, uh, you know, that you, can, that you can use your SPT tokens uh, to buy stuff with. And it's, it's going to be cosmetic stuff, um, nothing that, uh, nothing that uh, applies to, you know, that affects gameplay. But they're talking about skins and avatars, possibly titles, possibly physical merchandise, uh, which would be fun. So the only physical merch... Uh, that we have so far was from the uh, was from the untamed uh, Kickstarter, which uh, I you know I had the box in my garage. I still haven't opened it. Um, <laughs> you know I, I just I just cracked the seal to make sure that stuff was in there, and then uh, you know the everything is still in the box. Uh, but I think there's a T-shirt in there. There's some physical cards and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I think uh, I think he's talking about Jebediah Ron. For the garden show. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the skins is interesting. Avatars too, really. So, you know, the Hive Engine crew has has come up with these marketplaces. NFT Showroom, Lenzi, um, there's going to be a couple more that are coming out shortly, but I think those are the two that are in place so far. And those are for selling artwork. Um, well, NFT Showroom is, is digital artwork, Lenzi is for photographs. And uh, ever since that was that came out, you know, people saying, well, you know, if there's artwork, then and they're NFTs, and we have our cards, and those are NFTs, then maybe we could combine those two. And you know, Yabba indicated that yes, once a skin system is in place, an integration between those two things will be possible. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, so you know, to date, we only have the one set of skins. The the uh, Winds of Change set. Let me bring that up. So if you're watching on screen, uh, let's transition scenes. Let's go over to splinterlands.com and we will see the shop skins. Uh, the oinking. <laughs> or the oinking. I don't know. I still haven't checked out the, the game with the, uh, with the oinking, but um, you know, uh, from what I've heard, it has not been that much of a thing. 
Let's copy and paste. Come on, copy. So, let's paste that. So we can see that, uh, so this is the only, the only set that's available to date. And, you know, it's one of those things that falls low on the priority list for the, for the development team. Because, well, you know, you can see that a lot of these, you know, 20 have been sold, 30 have been sold, something like that. I very rarely come across them in, in gameplay. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just fallen by the wayside, basically. However... Skins are something that people like, uh, you know, the, um, it's fun to make, you know, customize your own thing. So, you know, by, by creating, <laughs> we'll always have me, Krim, that's right. Uh, but, you know, by, by opening up to like a peer-to-peer -peer kind of thing where we have, you know, people creating artwork on NFT showroom and then people, um, linking that somehow to their, to their Splinterlands cards uh, that opens a lot more community activity, uh, as well as just another marketplace, because, you know, people are going to be selling these skins, I'm sure, not just giving them away for free. I, I imagine there will have to be some kind of review uh, to make sure that it's not so different that nobody could recognize what the card is, because uh, you don't want, like, Divine Healer here, you don't want that to be, you know, a gargoyle, because, well, that is not in the lore, and how do you know... Like if you if you're looking at a match that you're playing, it's like it's it'd be too, too confusing, uh, to to see an image that doesn't match what the card behaviors that you're used to are. So I think there'll be ha have to be some kind of uh, editorial review to make sure that that problem doesn't arise. But beyond that, you know, we could have all we could have a million different versions of the Divine Healer, all created in different kinds of custom artwork. So uh, I think that'll be fantastic and. You know, it'll be a sync for, uh, for possibly SPT and just, you know, more activity in the blockchain, uh, in the blockchain community. So I'm, I'm all for that. And uh, that, that was kind of the non-dice stuff <laughs> that I took notes on as far as Yabba goes. So all the rest of this is about uh, dice. So that is the big event for the week. I, th I think we're... We're going to see it come out in a few days, uh, possibly a week. You know, you never quite know. So, uh, baseline characteristics. We're looking at uh, a set of about three of 300,000 uh, dice, Asmari dice. The token is not going to be dice. It's going to be something else. Uh, I think there was already a conflict uh, with the dice token name. So, my guess is it'll be Asmari. Um but we'll see how that, how that comes out. But uh, 300,000 of the various types. And basically we're looking at, in terms of potential max level combinations, we're going to have 400 of each card. There's going to be 20 cards and plus another five airdrops. So it'll end up being 25. So, you know, that is a lot of cards. <laughs> the airdrops are going to be at 50,000 increments. So airdrop number one will be at... 50,000 dice sold. Airdrop number two will be at 100,000 dice sold. 150,000, 200,000, 250,000. And then at the at the total sellout at 300,000, there will not be any airdrop. Uh, there are three new abilities. The first is Void Armor. Uh, and that basically is armor that works like uh, the weak magic rule set where uh, armor or magic attacks hit the armor first and then... You know, only after the armor is 
is used all up, then it goes on to the health. So uh, it, it is still armor, though. Uh, so it does work against melee and ranged. Um, so it just has, you know, let's say, four void armor. It'll, it'll defend against any combination of, of magic, uh, melee, and range attacks. Then there's immunity, and that is uh, where, where the monster is immune to all negative status effects, like slow, demoralize, poison. Uh, Snare is an interesting one that came up in the last, uh, in the last set that was released. Um, but all those kinds of things are the monster that has immunity is not effective to those. It's, it's sort of like a permanent cleanse. Uh, one caveat with that is that the summoner debuffs from the opposing team will still affect the monster. So, uh, if you are playing against Mimosa Nightshade and it hits you with Affliction, you're still going to have Affliction because it's a summoner and not a, a monster debuff. And uh, <laughs> the quote I got from, from Yab on this was that it's going to be a pretty strong ability. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and you'll see in the, when we get into the actual cards, how, how they account for that with the mana cost and everything. The third new ability is Cripple. So cripple is really interesting for for tanks or for anti-tanks, I should say. So when it's similar, kind of similar to ha to the having ability with the halfling alchemist, where when the monster with cripple attacks another monster, the monster that receives the attack or the the, the defending monster there loses its maximum health by one. So if it has you know eight health, let's say it gets hit. Now it's down to it's down to whatever the the effect of the attack is, but then its potential max drops to seven. It gets hits again, potential max drops to six. So there's a couple uh, a couple interesting effects with that because you know it's it counters things like scavenge, and especially on things like uh, like the the jellies where you know you have this you have the heal <laughs> should be renamed to differently abled. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so you have, you have cards like the jelly where it has scavenge and it has heal. So heal, uh, you know, restores one third of the potential max hit points. So if you're decreasing the cap on that, you're actually decreasing the effectiveness of heals, whether it's self heal or tank heal. So that, that is going to be a really interesting uh, mechanic to see how that works out in uh, in different kinds of settings, because uh, you're really you're really targeting the effect of you know I mean mostly you're going to be using this on on tanks I think so uh, you know you're you're limiting the effect of healing on tanks uh, even though you're not giving it giving it affliction uh, where it can't heal at all so it's just you know it's just kind of asymptotically lowering the effectiveness there so that's interesting. Uh, the summoners of the Asmari dice will all be friendly buffs and no debuffs to other teams. Uh, the elemental summoners are three mana, and the dragon summoner is four mana. And we we finally got the res the details. I think on the last ones uh, today or yesterday. Cost uh, it's going to be three thousand dark energy crystals per dice, and those those dark energy crystals are burned. So I mean we'll get into the math here in just a second. But if every if every dice sold for 3,000 Dark Energy Crystals, that would be 900 million Dark Energy Crystals burned forever and taken out of supply. So, uh, 
Please note, so Paul says, please note that he's still affected by summoner stat debuff. So, for example, against Mosa, he will get negative one ranged attack, but he will not get the affliction due to the immunity uh, ability. He will not get afflicted. Oh, okay. So a little update from Paul there. Um, oh, stat debuffs, but uh, not uh, not ability debuffs. That's interesting. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so 900 million Dark Ninja Crystals at retail value. It obviously won't go for that because there are guild discounts there are both discounts there are um you know i i assume well maybe i shouldn't assume but you know in the past they gave away orbs and then untamed as part of rewards as one percent um one percent uh rarity and i i think dice will get mixed into that rotation as well so um the uh, so the net effect is you know it won't be 900 million it'll be something like 500 or 600 billion. Um, so Foggy Bottom asked, did they did they say if there will be a minimum guaranteed for the airdrop similar to Untamed? And Matt, and Matt did confirm 25 total with airdrop. Thanks. So yeah, the 25 is is the is the uh, is going to be the total. Uh, yes. So that is correct. Uh, I I had thought originally it was going to be like 15 plus five to make 20, but no, he's saying it's 20 plus five to make 25. And as far as the guaranteed minimums, uh, what you're talking about there is the, um, you know, with the untamed airdrops, they started changing it a little bit where that if you had a certain number of dice, like 400 or four, or a certain number of untamed rather, like 400 or 425, then you were guaranteed at least one of the airdrop cards. And uh, I assume they will continue that mechanic, but uh, I don't remember if he said that specifically. Um, other interesting things about dice is that the burn schedule is going to be untamed. Uh, it is not getting the, the two times promo bonus that we've seen in other promo editions. And in fact, it's not even going to be counted as a promo edition. It's going to be a new fifth edition uh, of cards. So, uh, you know, like orbs, you know, followed the beta schedule, but then were doubled uh, in terms of burn rates. So they effectively were alphas. And then the, you know, the four uh, alpha Kickstarters had double alpha um, burn rates, which you know, you almost never see because there weren't actually that many of them. Um, so this is just going to be straight like Untamed. It's going to be you know a ten for commons, and that has a big impact on the math. So, yeah, that that's that's the notes I took for <laughs> for Yaba and Agra's uh, one hour AMA on Friday. I know he said other things, but uh, whatever they were, uh, I just didn't write them down. So. <laughs> So, are they still considered promo? I mean, they are promotional, but they are not the promo edition. They're going to be a fifth thing unto themselves. Uh, so, so yeah, they're, they're going to be not counted as, as promo editions, if that's uh, what you're asking. But, they, I mean, they are still promotional. It is a special set. Uh, so... You know, uh, so they get the 10% bonus then? I believe they do. I am not 100% sure about that. Um, but uh, I think so. So, um, so here's the thing. <laughs> uh, about the math of Asmari Dice is that the premium that they're charging is a lot. And I am a little bit skeptical uh so yeah, it'll be edition five, dice or Asbury, not promo. Yes, that is correct. But I, I I think he's talking about the do you get a ten percent boost to battle Dark Energy Crystal winnings 
And I think they will, but I, again, I'm not 100% sure there. So, yeah, the pricing is is high. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess before we get into that, let's let's take a look at the actual cards. Uh, let's see if I can. Did I bring the link? Ba, 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 ba. Well, here's here's article or post number one. So. Uh, this this was the the Earth Splinter. We've got uh, a Summoner who gives thorns to everybody. It's three mana, which is great. We've got the Goblin Darting Goblin Dartling, which is two mana. Let's copy this guy. And uh, you know, I'm always I always like uh, two mana or one mana kind of monsters because they're great little fillers, especially for those low mana matches where you don't have so many choices. He's got some Shatter and some Knockout. We've got the Behemoth. So every Splinter basically is getting a high mana monster like this. So Behemoth is quite a monster. It's got Reach. It's got Void Armor. It's got Knockout. It's got Flying. It's got Trample. It's 12 mana though, so it is expensive. Um, and, you know, it's got a double attack. It's got three melee and two magic. Uh, speed is medium at three. It's got some armor. It's got a lot of health. So... It's a great backup tank, and because of the reach, it actually, you can put it in second position, and you still get both attacks out of it. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see in those, in those high mana kind of matches. We get a neutral, um, a neutral opportunity monster with the Battering Ram. That is going to be a hot seller, I think. Uh, so that was, that was post number one, and then... Let's see if I can find post number two. I thought I wrote it down, but maybe not. Uh, da, 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 da. So all of these cards are, I mean, they're, they're actually much better than I thought they were going to be. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. The, uh, I don't know what that says about my expectations. But uh, they're, they're really good cards. But they're kind of niche cards. Uh, but they're really strong within their niches. So, like with the Thorns Summoner, it's going to have it's going to be great in things like uh, like uh, melee mayhem or super sneak or or any of those where you get a lot of a lot of melee attackers coming in. Um, here we've got the Water Summoner. It's going to have snare on everybody. So that is um, you know that's obviously going to be great for things like earthquake, where you know you are um, you know where you know those flying um those flying monsters are really have an advantage uh we've got another two mana frost line he's got void armor he's got some uh some shield at higher levels uh you know he's got 100 percent uh, melee efficiency which i like uh so he's got two mana and two melee attack which is which is nice and that's at max level poseidon is the is the expensive one for for water uh so he's got uh the immunity He's also got Blast, and he's got some shields. And then we have a Naga Brute, which is a dragon uh, a dragon monster. And it's got Void Armor, Thorns, and Return Fire, so it's very defensive. In fact, it has no attack. Um, so, you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, sniped uh, traps or something similar. And then, so that was the second batch. And the third, ah, third batch was, let me get back to my place here, third batch was here, 
and then we have the fire. So he gets piercing to everybody. So, you know, now that the void armor is a thing, your magic attack, you know, none of those monsters have piercing. That wasn't really an issue before. So now on fire, you have this, this summoner that gives piercing to everybody. So that will be a counter to the void armor. And it's, you know, it's always nice to have, you know, the, the, the pros and then the cons, you know, for each kind of uh, new element added. We've got the Flamesmith. He's got Repair and Shatter. So Repair your guys, Shatter the other guys, uh, which is good. Uh, a little bit expensive at 7, but, you know, Repair and Shatter are both really strong abilities. The big guy for... for... Um, uh, for Fire is Caladoom. I'm guessing is how that's pronounced. We've got Void. We've got uh, Cripple. And Cripple and Immunity and Thorns. And it's a magic... Uh, very slow kind of monster. So, uh, yeah, that'll be good for, um, for as, well, especially in slow <laughs> slow matches, which there are a fair number of. Uh, that'll be a really powerful monster. And then we've got a, a neutral who is got Oppress, Snare, and Blast. So, you know, on, on uh, monsters like... Uh, you know, your Jelly or your Lord A, Lord Arianthus, or uh, even that new one, that Dragon uh, Brute. So, you know, Oppress doubles damage against those attacks, against those monsters with no attacks. So, plus have the, the Blast and, you know, the Snare. I mean, it's it's a good specialty kind of, kind of uh, monster there. So that was part three. Then we got part four. Yeah, Grenadier is strong. It's going to be great in certain places. So, whoop, my mouse just went crazy. Okay, so the Life Summoner uh, <laughs> is, uh, where'd she go? Lorna Shine. So Lorna Shine gives divine shields to everybody. That is a very powerful summoner. I think it's probably the strongest one. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it works out in gameplay. But, uh, you know, getting a free, basically a free round one um, where you can attack and, and they can't do much to you is, is quite strong. Uh, so uh, we'll see <laughs> how that ends up. And then we got the Lunacari Mistress. She's got uh, Cripple and Oppress, Magic Attack, uh, Slow, 6 mana, 7 health. Uh, and so, you know, that'll be good, especially in the slow matches. The big one is Kralis. So this one's flying, it's got immunity, it's got heal and strengthen. And it's got double attacks. It's got, uh, it's got magic attack and melee attack. They're low, but you have both of them. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a very strong uh, player for the life team. And then we have Dragon Spirit, which, you know, again, has no attack. And has nine health, six speed, uh, no armor, and it has immunity. It's got uh, redemptions, so when it dies, it takes out a health from everybody, and it's flying. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see in, in like earthquake kind of matches. Um, you know, in certain certain combinations, you know, you boost that speed up to eight, maybe it'll be very hard to hit as a frontline dodge tank. And that was part four. And part five was released four hours ago, so I appreciate the timing. <laughs> so here's 
here's the big baller. This is the Death Summoner, Ouster Rotwell. Gives Magic Reflect to everybody. Uh, that is a very strong buff. Um, so I think this one and the Life Summoner are going to be the ones that are going to be really in demand. Uh, then we've got, as far as monsters go, we've got Morrow's Ghost. That's uh, three mana, three melee attack, seven shields, one health, and void armor. So uh, on a on certain rule sets, that'll be great. It's kind of like the uh, Enchanted Defender, where it's got the one health. You know, equalizer matches, those one health monsters that are cheap are fantastic. So that'll be, uh, you know, not, not a staple, but it'll, be, it'll make its appearance quite a bit, I think. And then we have Cthulhu, which is the obvious name for a death monster, uh, a, a legendary death monster. So he's got Cripple, he's got Flying, he's got Stun, he's got Weaken, and he's got Last Man Standing. So, and he's 11 mana, 1 speed, 3 magic attack, 13 health. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be uh, just a powerhouse in certain situations. And then we have Brighton Bloom, which is a Dragon Summoner, gives everybody flying. So, you know, there will be, uh, obviously, Earthquake matches that I keep talking about Earthquake matches because that, that affects a lot of these the kind of things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of unique. Um, it's not a direct, it's not a direct uh, combat kind of thing like we see in most other Summoners, but it is, you know, it makes it 25% harder to hit. So, um, you know, in some of those matches, you know, that, that increase in the miss chance is pretty significant. So, especially if you have a fast team. Back to basics plus earthquake. Yeah, those are all handy. And that is, that is the set. So, let's see. How many was that? I think we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and then I didn't paste the Earth Summoner for, for Thorns, so that is 20. 20 cards uh, that are at the start, and then we'll see what the airdrops become, which are going to be after, after each 50,000, from 50 to 250. So, yeah, I mean, the, I, I like the cards a lot. Um, I think in, in those certain situations, they will be very strong. So within their niches, there'll be great cards. Um, they won't be quite as, as, you know, utilized as like, like on the death team, uh, you got the undead priest, which is like in every death team. Uh, you know, yes, it can give you the stats on, on how, how frequently is actually used from, from the gameplay data. Uh, so Dave McCoy is asking, have I heard if dice will come in quests like orbs? I have not heard that confirmed, but I, I believe it will be. Uh, I can't imagine them doing anything else. So, yeah, that's why I think the, en the, the total ending price will not, or the total ending sync will not be $900 million. It'll be more like the $500 or the $600 million. So, let's talk about the price, because I think this is the key uh, or the critical issue with Asbury Dice. So, three thousand, right? Let, let's just let's just keep it there, because you know, yes, you have your guild discounts if you're in a guild. Yes, you have your bulk discounts if you buy in bulk. But then you also, you know, they're assuming that you're going to be using potions in order to make that four hundred number work out. That that max potential maximum uh, four hundred of each card type, 
And that makes a certain amount of sense because, you know, people have not been using their potions that they've gotten as rewards because they can't. <laughs> so the, um, once they made that change, then the potions started stacking up. And yes, some people have been using them on buying untamed packs and opening those, but relatively rare on a, when you look at the total thing. So there's a lot of potions out there to be used for these dice. Which is great, you know, uh, I'd rather not have to buy the potions. And, you know, for me, the, the, the delta in, in the potion, or the delta in the quest rewards with potions, without potions, is not really enough to, to get all worked up about. So I'm, I'm fine with that change. Uh, so, bottom line is, since uh, you may or may not have to buy potions, and you may or may not have to pay 3,000, we're just going to net that out to, to being equal and call it the 3,000 per dice. Okay, so, um, so how many, how many uh, dice are you going to buy, and how worth it is that? How 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 much worth do you get out of that? So I did a little bit of math, and I made a post on this a, a while back, and um, you know the um, here's a picture of it of my spreadsheet. <laughs> so you can see. Uh, there, the way this works is, or the way the, the the spreadsheet works is that you know you have a base probability of of each particular uh, rarity type. You then have the adjustments for two percent going to gold, and then you have the effects of the legendary, the gold potions, and based on the number that you buy, you end up with a certain number of cards. So if you buy eight hundred dice, then you end up with 2,877 regular commons, you end up with 758 regular rares, 143 regular epics, 61 regular legendaries, and um, a grab bag of, of gold foil cards. Okay, so, you know, there's six commons, there's six rares, there's three epics, and there's five legendaries. Okay, so far so good. And so, you know, given the numbers uh, to max everything, you end up uh, with just over one of each type of regular foil um, of each type of regular foil uh, card. So that's all great. And you end up, you know, with, you know, between like a tenth and a half of a, of a max level gold foil card, you know, of each type, of each card ID. However, uh, you know, given the burn rates are following the untamed schedule, you end up with a burn value of 460,000 uh, dark energy crystals. So you paid, for those 800, you paid 2.4 million, and you end up with 463,000 of burn value. That, I think, is the major problem that we have with dice. And so, you know, I took a look in the marketplace of, you know, what kind of premium compared to the burn rates uh, the different cards have. Now, summoners, uh, so just, you know, 2.4 to 460, that's, that's a 5x multiple. So basically, you're paying five times the burn value that you're getting. And summoners do have, oftentimes, uh, at least most of them, have a five times premium. So that, that helps, right? And uh, so if you, if you calculate it that way, then you end up with an effective uh, value of 833,000 dark energy crystals. So that's, that's better, you know, it's twice as much, uh, but you're still only at 34% of what you spent. So then, you know, I was looking at the monsters rather than the summoners, 
And depending on how desirable the monsters are, they trade anywhere from like one times burn up to maybe three times burn for the really, for the really desirable ones. And we're talking about in-print kind of stuff here. So, you know, once these are out of print, then, you know, prices can kind of go wherever. But for a while, they still exist. It's going to be, um, it's going to be expensive. So on the right-hand column here, we have the 3x monster scenario. That's the most optimistic I can actually make these numbers, where we're saying, okay, every summoner is five has a market value of five times its burn rate, and every monster has a market value of three times its burn rate. So that still gives us a total of 1.56 million uh, Dark Engine Crystals in market value compared to the 2.4 million that we spent for, on these 800 dice. And you're at, so you're at 65% of, of your spend. So this is a problem. Um, obviously at the beginning, there's a lot of excitement and you know, I'm certainly not immune to it. I'm going to be buying some dice. Will I be buying 800 to buy, to pay for, or to build a full regular foil set? Mm. I don't know. Um, you know, you could make an argument saying that, well, you can take those golds and you can sell them. Like, well, okay, maybe, uh, depending on what those market values actually end up being. But uh, bottom line, any way you cut it, this, uh, it's an expensive set. <laughs> so... And like I said, they're great niche cards, but they're not so great broad utility kind of cards. Um, so I don't think they're going to be as useful as some of the uh, some of the cards that we see in um, you know in regular gameplay. So I mean, it seems like uh, a nice to have rather than a need to have. Um, it's great to it's great to have more uniqueness in in player decks. So I'm all for that. It's just, you know, it's tough. It's tough to make these numbers work. So, uh, but, you know, then there is the airdrops. How much are those going to be worth? Uh, that's going to be, that's very tough to, to calculate because we don't know what level of cards we're going to get out of those airdrops. And we don't know how useful those are going to be. So, uh, you know, if they're, if they're legendary summoners like we got out of Untamed, then yeah, okay, that makes a big difference. If they are monsters, or if they're elemental monsters, if they're somewhat less useful elemental monsters, then that's that's much a much harder argument uh, to put in favor uh, of buying those dice. So, uh, so what I kind of foresee happening is we have the initial excitement. A bunch are going to sell. I'm going to be buying some. I, I uh, you know, I'm kind of a completionist. I have a lot of cards. I want to make sure that I have. I like to have at least one of everything. Um, and, you know, if possible, at least one gold of everything. That has not always been possible, but uh, I try. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, obviously, anytime you get a new card, the initial prices have restricted supply. So, you know, market values are elevated. <laughs> complete. Steam Dan wants me to complete his, too. <laughs> uh, some of them. Uh, Dave L22 wants me to buy his GFL so he can buy some dice. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't need more cards than I already have. I need new cards. Uh, you know, I'm. I think. I think at this moment, I am now the. You know, not counting aggro because you know. Well, he doesn't count. Uh, you know, I'm the largest single holder of uh, of cards, so I got plenty. I. But you know, when there's new stuff, you know, new stuff is new stuff. So you know that that initial period. 
we'll see high prices. Uh, maybe that 5X price will hold up for a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, <laughs> but then Steam Dan says, don't walk alone on Discord. Uh, you know, after that initial excitement wears off, it's going to be a grind. Because, you know, thanks, Dave. Dave says, congrats on becoming number one. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a grind. So, you know, 50,000 Dark Energy Crystals. People are kind of thinking about this like packs, where, you know, when we get, when we get close to that 100,000... Um, and get close to that 100,000 airdrop level, you know, the, the whales come in and they, they buy up a whole bunch of packs. And, you know, maybe that'll happen here, but, you know, 50,000 of these dice is going to be 150 million Dark Energy Crystals. And that is... Uh, thank you, Steam Dan. He says congrats for, for uh, my whale status. Uh, so 150 million Dark Energy Crystals. The current supply... <laughs> I did both, Ron. Uh, Ron says I could have bought a house and said he bought cards. <laughs> I bought a house and I bought cards. Uh, so 150 million Dark Energy Crystals. There's 440 million in circulation right now. Something like that. Uh, let's take a look at the market. Uh, no, that's not what I want. Hive engine deck. I bought a house of cards? Yes. Just like that. So, if we look at the at the market stats, okay, so 404 circulating, or 44 million circulating Dark Energy Crystals. So, about 80 or 90 million of that is on the market right now, because J69 is unloading all of his stuff, all his Dark Energy Crystals that he got from selling all of his cards, who was number one before, but then he, you know, obviously had his meltdown and whatever. Um... Ron says, damn bot, one second. Am I... Can you guys hear me? I always love technical problems. Testing, one, two, three. Nope. All right, well, let's jump into the audience. Let's jump over here. Da, da, da. All right, how about now? Can you hear me uh, streaming? There we go. Okay. So, um, all right, how, how about, about now? now? Oh, now I'm getting an echo of myself. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right, are we back? Testing one, two, three. All right. Well, until Ron tells me otherwise, I'm going to keep talking. All right. So we got 404 million uh, Dark Energy Crystals. And then in, in, the, in the market, we've got, you know, 90-something million uh, for sale. All the way up to, uh, what's that last price? Uh, it's at, uh, you know, 0035, which is about, you know, 50% above where the market is right now so so yeah that is that supply is going to be fairly fairly frozen at least for for the time being so you know to get 150 million out of 400 million really out of like 310 million that's like half of the dark energy crystals floating around there that is very tough to do and 
you know, it's going to be it's going to be a slow process to do that. The flip side of that, though, is that, you know, by by soaking up that much supply, then, you know, dark energy crystal, dark energy crystal prices should go up, you know, significantly. You know, we're at about half the par value right now at, you know, 55 cents per thousand pars that one dollar per thousand. So, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of market action in order to absorb these dice. And that's assuming that people have an appetite for them. Because, you know, whether people buy them directly or buy individual cards on the secondary market, those those dark energy crystals still have to be burned in order to create those cards. And uh, let's see where I have a tab somewhere on my sheet about the uh, ah, here we go. Dark energy crystal production. So, you know, the the amount of crystals that are minted each day. Uh, decreases over time by 1% every 30 days. And so that comes out to, uh, we are now in an August of 2020, so we're at 860 million per day. And, or, sorry, 860,000 per day, not 860 million. <laughs> A little three orders of magnitude there. Uh, so, you know, in terms of, like, if all of that went to uh, went to buying dice, it would still take forever <laughs> uh, to, you know, uh, to, to use up all that 150 million. And that's just the first 50,000. So there, then there's going to be another 50,000 and another 50,000 and, and so on. So uh, these are going to be kind of uh, a, a mechanic it, that will, I think, significantly impact the dark energy crystal market in, in rising prices. So uh, I'm looking forward to that because, you know, as a uh, you know, when I look at my, when I look at my holdings, if I go over to Peak Monsters, let's log into my holding account. Uh, you know, I have X number of dollars uh, of market value, but then I also have, uh, you know, a burn value. So let's see, you know, my cards, go to my collection. Actually, I haven't looked at my, my market value in a, in a bit here. So let's see what we got. I have to hit compute now. It's too much, <laughs> too much for Peak Monsters to, to load just because. I'm just thinking about it. Oh, come on. Compute. There we go. So I've got 36 million locked up in Dark Energy Crystals. Uh, and, you know, at, at current market values, that's, if I, if I just burned everything, That'd be seventeen thousand of of USD compared to the sixty one thousand of of actual market prices. So that's you know significantly lower. <laughs> Whatever sixty one divided by seventeen is. What is that like three x? Sixty one divided by seventeen. That is three point five. Okay, so you know in order for those to to balance out the. Uh, the the price of dark energy crystals would have to be, you know, two bucks, you know, or dollar seventy five or whatever it is, per thousand rather than fifty five cents per thousand. I don't think we're going to get there, but you know, it is going to go up uh, quite a bit. Uh, so we have we have this, then we have uh, you know some future guild expansions with guild wars are coming. Uh, we're going to have more guild buildings. Then there's going to be the lands. And all of those are going to be dark energy crystal sinks, so I, th I think the f the float of dark energy crystals is going to be going way down over the next we'll call it six months, 
uh, but you know it's uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting an interesting shift. At at some point, you know that might make it make sense for the uh, for the dice prices to be where they are, but at the current prices, it's just it's just very expensive. So you have to ask yourself: Are you going to be one of the people who uh, dives in as an early adopter here, knowing that you're going to be paying this premium? Either speculating that the well, maybe just for entertainment and excitement, which is great, or maybe speculating that the the rise in dark energy crystal prices is going to make up for the the premium that you're paying in burn value, um, and you know what what the market prices of those cards will be after all that happens. So where does the deck come from when a card is burned? It is created. That is that is extra inflation. Um, that's what Paul is asking. So you know the the daily mint is from uh, is is created every day and is and is distributed through battles, and that's why you know the day after a season ends, uh, dark energy crystal uh, winnings from battles are actually lower because it compares on a on a rolling kind of twenty four hour basis to what your ranking is to the average ranking, and pays out based on that. So that mechanic leads to, because of the season reset in ratings, that mechanic leads to lower winnings per battle, which then balances out on day two, and then for the rest of the season, it's fine. So, uh, so that's all you know. Created each day just as normal. Burned cards, though, are, are extra inflation, and so you know we will see um, how much you know. Will people burn their their existing cards in order to buy dice? That's that's a hard that's a hard uh, trade to make because you're trading something that's at like one to three x for something that's five x. Uh, you know, you you have to have a lot of a lot of optimistic uh, viewpoint on the on the market prices in order for that trade to kind of work out. You know. So, you know, uh, net result is. Oh, my computer's going crazy here. Okay. Net result is that... Um, oh, did I lose everybody? Okay. Uh, Dave McCoy is asking, have you estimated the impact of the new collection power system with so many decks having to play in a lower league and thus getting fewer cards? So, no. Uh, I think... So, Dave's bringing up a point that in a week from now, it's going to be September, and the collection power system is going into effect. We're going to have to wait to see the exact implementation of that and also see the reaction that the bot networks have in response to that. So I think it's too early to tell how that's all going to play out. And, you know, because it, it, you know, the difference in rewards between like, you know, silver three and diamond three are enormous, right? It's, you know, f several, several, um, uh, several order it's a multiple of uh, it's a high multiple I figure what the actual number is off the top of my head but um, you know if it's the situation where you know a level one you know bot account can rent you know some gold foil legendaries or the the bot owner can o can buy a couple gold foils and then distribute those to the uh, to the playing accounts you know maybe it's worth uh, maybe it's worth doing that and then losing 80% of your matches in Diamond 3 if you still get the Diamond 3 rewards. Maybe. 
uh, it's going to depend. It's going to depend so much on how the collection power thresholds are implemented, as to uh, how you know the, those those bot networks are going to respond. So, you know, I'm going to wait and see. We're going to I'm going to wait and see through the first season, uh, probably, uh, to see uh, what everybody ends up doing and where the uh, where the breaks really are as far as, you know, risk, not risk versus reward, but cost versus reward. So, uh, Lax says, I hope the bots don't end up all on the bottom, making users think only bots play. <laughs> it's a possibility. But you, you do need game liquidity at every level. So, you know, the, the bots, you know, as much as people, you know, you know, not everybody, but as much as a lot of people hate on them, they do provide that liquidity in a lot of uh, scenarios where otherwise, you know, it's it would take too long to, uh, to find a match. Because for, for those of you who weren't around in the early days, um, you know, it took a while <laughs> to find matches. And there were certain hours of the day where you couldn't find any matches. Uh, and you just couldn't play because there just weren't enough people. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, the bots uh, serve that function quite well. And, uh, you know, personally, I, I don't hate on the bots. I just want them to be good bots rather than crappy bots. Like the level ones... Just grinding, uh, grinding matches to, to go up the leaderboard. I think that's just, you know, that's that's just a bad experience for everybody involved. And yes, you know, I mean, for that bot owner, you know, they're optimizing, you know, um, you know, the cost, the re you know, revenue versus cost, and I understand that. But you know, there's it's just not good for the overall game. That's. This is my take on it. But, you know, the good bots, you know, they're ones you don't even know are bots. And, you know, they just play, they have cards, and fine. I think, you know, that's that's fine. I mean, the bigger the bigger issue is the broken ranking system. <laughs> so uh, that goes back to, to my idea that rather than having a, a positive expected value from a game played in your ranking, which just means the more you play, the, the higher you rank on average, uh, until you get to the very extremes at least, uh, rather than having a system like that, we should just have a tournament-style system where you have a, a ranking based on your collection power of, uh, you know, uh, your ranking is, is based within the tier of your collection power. So, um, you, like, if, if collection power threshold for champion is 500,000, then okay. Everybody over 500,000 is in uh, the champion, uh, is in the champion um, ranks. And then you could split up champion one, two, three as top third, second third, and third third. And, you know, if you're at the bottom of champion three because you have level one accounts that are just trying to grind and eventually get matched up with, with your with your other account and one of you wins and that counts towards your quest and towards your season, well, that should not be rewarded. And But, you know, in order for that to work, you have to have, you know, a graduated uh, reward schedule within each tier. So it'd be, you know, the, the, the top 50 basically are the top of of um you know champion one and then rewards go down through champion one and then down to champion two and then within champion two they go down and then down in champion one and within champion one they go down so uh and then on through the rest of the ranks so uh you know at that point it it becomes much more competitive on you know your actual winning and and playability rather than uh just you know grinding out games and you know, the, grind, the grinding out games is an area where bots have an enormous advantage over human beings because, well, bots can operate 24-7 and human beings can't. You know, typically I play, you know, an hour a day, maybe, uh, a half hour a day sometimes. Uh, I 
usually don't play on weekends because I'm you know busy with my kids and stuff. So you know, it's uh, it's definitely not a a full time pursuit. <laughs> um, uh, oh, Scaredy Cat is challenging Ron to a duel. Uh, a duel, duel swords. So two times uh, fighting. <laughs> uh, Ron says bring it. So anyway, that is kind of my take for the week. Uh, I think dice are going to be a premium product and going to be slow moving because of that. And I think the net result is dark energy crystal prices are going to go up significantly. Uh, so if you are looking to uh, get in, uh, you might want to buy some now before that happens. Uh, next up is going to be Scaredy Cat. Uh, our Scaredy Cat guide is right here challenging our producer to a duel. He's got his Scaredy Cat investment show. He talks about crypto. He talks about... Um, he talks about... Uh, what else does he talk about? Uh, crypto, stocks. Uh, you know, you give him a ticker, he'll chart it and tell you where, uh, you know, support resistance is, opportunities, you know, looking for that asymmetrical alpha uh, to be generated, all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, real estate, stonks. Yeah, stonks up. Uh, he's pulling his Dave Portnoy and uh, all, all other kinds of things. So, oh, and he plays Rush. That's right. He always plays Rush. You know, I don't play any music. Uh, maybe I should. Uh, you know, I don't really know how that whole works, how, how that whole thing works, where we have to have certain licensing and then I have to cut it out for replay purposes. Uh, because, uh, oh, Steam Dan says it's giveaway time. Neil's going to give a Shin Lo. Uh, well, do we have time for a game of dice? I play Asaria music. I do play Asaria music, but she gave that, she gave that to me as my intro, um, my intro and outro. Uh, but yeah, there is there is a game. Uh, tell you what, for those who are paying attention, give me a number between one and fifty, and if you win, I will send you something cool. So, number one fifty. Come on, pick a number. We got 45 seconds. All right. And let me just do a quick equals rand between 1, 50. Oh, the number was 2. You all lost. <laughs> all right. So that's it for this week, and uh, Scaredy Cat is up next. We'll catch you next time.